0: Analyzing the external environment is a crucial part of the strategy process, not least because we want to develop informed strategies. But the concept of an entrepreneurial opportunity is often elusive and part of this is because our experiences, the resources of our business and even the conditions inside our business and how we as managers organise the company can change whether we view a set of circumstances as an opportunity or as a threat. In many sense, then, opportunities and threats are entirely dynamic, and the key to this is the idea of the environment as information. In essence, there are a multitude of tools that we can use to analyse the environment. We can use classic things such as the Pastel analysis or Porter's Five Forces analysis. The tool in and of itself is not strictly the point, the point is that what these things ultimately do is provide us with lots and lots of information. And in the age of big data, information is not so difficult to come by. Fundamentally, then, what we're getting at here is that while the external environment is full of information, the ultimate determination of opportunities and threats from a strategy perspective and how this informs strategy development is entirely a human problem. Now, this is crucial because, for example, as we analyse the environment and bring in more and more information, we run the risk of being overloaded. The subsequent part of this problem is when we look at environmental uncertainty. So, greater degrees of environmental change and greater degrees of environmental uncertainty coupled with information overload mean that in many cases, strategic management have an excessive amount of information from which to form decisions. So, generating and sharing market intelligence can create problems if the processing capacity of the individual or the firm is overloaded. And, of course, when overloaded with information, managerial attention becomes clouded, leading decision-makers to react to more straightforward problems. So, without, when faced with ever-increasing quantities of intelligence, then, the decision-maker cannot direct the sufficient attention to interpret and sift the information to identify what are the key priorities and, therefore, what are the best responses. In essence, then, the comp- there is a compromised response. And we can say that this problem is also one of bounded rationality. So greater pressures and constraints create anxiety that directs attention to resolve those tensions but managers are boundedly rational. Their bounded rationality is exacerbated when pressures and constraints acting on crucial organizational activity are high because ultimately it means that we find it very difficult to predict means and relationships. Stated slightly differently, what this is really getting at is, if we are overloaded with information and our ability to process that information is, is, say, compromised or difficult, then this means we can't be sure what it is we need to strategically invest in, what resources or capabilities we may need, and how those manifest over time, and whether or not our perceived opportunity will actually turn out into a profitable reality. So under these conditions, then, managers are naturally faced under quite substantial duress, and because of this, they tend to act purely rational in an effort to allay that duress. Interestingly, then, it's not so easy for strategic managers to pull away from situations where they believe they have identified a really important Set of opportunities. I think a really good example of this is the recent um, change of heart by Dyson in October 2019, where they had invested substantial amounts of money and resources in the electric car, going so far as to develop a a test track in Singapore and even move the headquarters to Singapore. Curiously, they announced in October 2019 that even having developed a fully working prototype and, in their words, an exciting prototype of an electric car, they concluded that was not commercially viable. What is especially interesting about this particular example is the ability of the strategic managers to almost put a pause on their activity and actually step back, realizing that, yes, while there may be an opportunity out there, Ultimately, the company was not in a strategic position to properly take advantage of that, and ultimately to gain competitive advantage. And if there's no real pathway to competitive advantage, then really the strategy is not viable in the first place, and therefore this maneuver is to be admired, in my opinion. Coupled with that, some of the interesting research that we've done, for example, looked into why do product market strategies fail, and we looked at these in the conditions of what we call strategic adherence. That is, the situation when there is high, almost blind adherence to strategy, and situations where there are low adherence to strategy. Now in many ways, if we think about entrepreneurs, if we think about strategic managers, Once they've identified a set of opportunities and committed large amounts of resources towards that, you have the ideal situation for high adherence. Under high adherence to strategy, there is a tendency to just commit to that strategy and commit more resources, even if there is a change of circumstances. So the problem then is we can anticipate, while well, under high st- strategy adherence, when there are changing circumstances, there is an increased likelihood of strategic failure. But that is only up to a point. The reality of it is that when adherence is really high, the biggest danger point is not strictly adherence to strategy, but the symbolic use of information and the blind championing of that strategy in the face of changing information. Remember that as the environment is information, for the most part, as the environment changes, it should be giving us new information and signaling new information that allows us to revise our expectations. The problem is, of course, in the high adherence to strategy, that information becomes fundamentally symbolic in how it's used, rendering it largely irrelevant. In saying that, low adherence to strategy doesn't mean that we are in some way protected from strategy failure. Instead, under low adherence, if we have resource scarcity or if we have formalisation and centralization, we still again have this situation where we might not adhere to the strategy but we're also not particularly capable of devising what needs to happen next, meaning we end up in a state of strategic drift, neither exploiting opportunities effectively nor responding to external threats. So the conclusion of this uh, little talk then is to emphasise the point that while it may be relatively easy to ex- examine the external environment for strategy purposes, and for that matter for corporate entrepreneurial purposes, the complexity of it is really one of the human elements and the human element in potentially biasing the decision-making process, the strategy process, and also the entrepreneurial process of pursuing those opportunities.